Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined this week, shockingly, by Don Pizzette. Don, how you doing? I am doing great. Ready to dive into another exciting week. We got some interesting tech news, as always. And, uh, you know... Starting to feel the winter weather coming along, so it's it's a oh, magical yeah. season for us. It is in the lower 70s here in Florida, so <laughs> it is uh, uh, time to put on socks with those flip-flops. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Daniel, uh, speaking of the north, you were you were up in South Dakota for Wildwoods Hacking Fest. How was that? Uh, it was phenomenal. It was a great time. Got a lot of uh, time with, FaceTime with people I normally just interact with on the internet. So that sounds weird. The police, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anytime you can go to Deadwood and not uh, not die in a gun battle, yeah, I, I mean, it's good. there's a high probability. I met two people that had never left their hometown and were above forty years old, and that that was their first time, or they were no, from no, Deadwood? no, no. They were from not Deadwood. It was just in South Dakota. Of that area. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I met a lady who's easily into her seventies, and I was like. It was in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, because we were getting right. gas. And I said, how do you like it here? She goes, it's the only place I've ever yeah. been. Don't know no different. That's <laughs> basically was the answer. And I was like, that's you know, that's cool. I mean, your life is your yeah. life. She doesn't seem to be like upset about it. But she doesn't like that. know. But it's just interesting that she had never experienced any other place. Yeah, you can understand if you lived in a, like a big city, you're like, it's got everything I need right. here. Yeah, you know, up, up there, though, like Nebraska, yeah. South Dakota, North Dakota, you, you do have some off-the-gridders. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So we actually drove past because, fun story, we flew into the wrong side of the state. Oh, easy mistake. Then we had to drive to the other side of the state. Like ahead of time, or did the pilot just screw up? Like, South Dakota looks a lot different from the airport. Ahead of time, you mean like as as we drove to the airport? Then, yes. From the plane, they're looking down. Like, wait a minute, I see the line of the state. Yeah, I I (laughs) don't think that's right there. I don't think we're going to be able to get a cab (laughs) over to. uh, Uh, So we ended up driving across the entire state. It was six hours. Small state. Um, Yeah, just tiny. and we drove past where they filmed Dances with Wolves. Mm. So that was kind of cool. Tatanka. There was a lot of really pretty scenery and just the, the countryside. Tatanka. Did they? There is a place out there called Tatanka. Really? Yes, there is. It's the so, word for buffalo. It is. I, I don't know why. I was really into that movie as a kid. It was a great flick. It was a great movie. Yeah, go home and watch it right now. You need. And now every time you drink from a river, you look to see if there's a dead elk in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fool me do. once. <laughs> All right. Speaking of dead elk, uh, our first article has nothing to do with that. Uh, it is from The Verge. Microsoft partners with Meta to bring Teams, Office, Windows, and Xbox to VR. And it says it's the biggest Microsoft and Meta partnership since the Windows phone days. And we know how that worked. Um, so <laughs> um, these uh, floating torsos should be just as exciting because that's what's in the photo. So th- this uh, last week we had Microsoft Ignite um, take right. place, but this one actually, I assumed this had come out of that, but it looks like it came out of a Meta event instead, uh, Meta Connect. Um, so Satya Nadella was there um, speaking with Mark Zuckerberg and talking about now you can just make Teams meetings that much more exciting. Yeah. Hey, if you think that Meta and the Metaverse and Facebook and uh, through its connections... Mark Zuckerberg, if you think all of that is stupid, well, you can join the club. That's, I think, where most of us are. But Microsoft sees it as a possible future. Now, Microsoft has experimented with virtual spaces like these several times over the years. In fact, if you Google around, you can find this, like, just 
graveyard of technology in Microsoft's history where they've created these virtual meeting environments. They've even built some of it into Teams. But now they're offering to move Teams in its entirety into the metaverse. And so you can have a mixture of regular people on webcams versus VR people on avatars interacting in a meeting room. And they're not just stopping with Microsoft Teams. They're also bringing progressive web apps of some of their Office Suite applications. So you can have Excel and Word. They're just two-dimensional. They pop up as like floating in the air. So, hey, if I want to show you a chart, I'll just pop up, bam, mm -hmm. here's this Excel spreadsheet, and it's got a pie chart, and success. Well, so. <laughs> what did we see recently? It wasn't... Um... It, it it wasn't the Microsoft Surface, which which that name changed. Talking about that desk that they built, yeah, yeah. that had like kind of hologram yeah. things where you like could collaborate. Reality, mm -hmm. kind yeah, of augmented reality. Glass was it HoloLens? No. I want to say Hol that so. There was the HoloLens. The HoloLens. HoloLens yeah. Thank you. There was yes. the HoloLens glasses that they made, but I distinctly remember of that. Yeah. there was also a desk, and it it seemed like there was like a, a really generic name for this that was like. They still over yeah, else like or somebody else had a similar meeting or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I I think this is one of those things where, yeah, in twenty five years we'll be taking uh, meetings in in those kinds of scenarios and holograms and all those kinds of things. Where we're interacting. It's just going to be weird for a while as as you see these things roll out when, when we're not ready as a general public. Yeah, maybe. I, so in my opinion, augmented reality has a future. Like yeah. we'll see augmented reality in one form or another. It's just so useful. But virtual reality is a different story because you you have to fully immerse in it, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, have, have you guys used VR to any yep. real extent? All right, so let me see if your experience is the same as mine, Daniel, because you, you have to put on the goggles. Yep. And then you can't see anything around you anymore. So, That's like, correct. if you want to take a sip of coffee or whatever, good luck, right? First off, you have to find your cup. And then second, you have to try and not hit the goggles with it. And yeah. and so you, you completely disconnect from what you're experiencing in real life. Which could be the point. Maybe. Yeah. But the other challenge is, like, once you're in that VR space, all the applications I've seen make it really difficult to multitask. That you're really looking at one thing, and then you can flip to another thing or flip. Mm. Like, I can't just oh, so lay I, I haven't used it things. like that. I haven't done it like Minority Report style. Yeah, just like games. Like, and up. Yeah, I did games. Yeah. And the games were actually, like, very impressive, honestly. Um, they looked very good. And the three dimensional, like that, you are in the space of the game, felt real. Um, so it was really, really fun uh, and really interesting. Again, I don't know how it would work when it comes to like me trying to do work stuff uh, and yeah. why I would want to move to that from a traditional platform. And when this works just fine, it's like it's a hammer looking for a nail when it comes to that, as far as I'm concerned. I would agree with that. And when I'm sitting at my regular desk, I can have a Teams meeting open. I can have a hockey game playing in another window. I can have my email in a third window. Like I can, I can multitask like that. Not, not that I would. Yeah, watch yeah you, you know anything? About this is all hypothetical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when you get into VR, they make it difficult to do stuff like that. Mm. And and so it's just not there. And with these like avatars that they're creating, I don't want to have meetings with avatars. Yeah, those don't even have compasses. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, they stop right actually. at the belly button. Yeah, I don't like that. They couldn't. They couldn't program the rest. Yeah, and this it, looks like a National Enquirer like <laughs> headline. Yeah, room full of you know legless people. Yeah, uh, started meeting together. Pelvis and, yeah. too. There's we're missing. There was a little things. controversy because they released a video where Mark Zuckerberg had legs, and they were like, you know, legs coming soon. Uh, oh, he gets legs, but they yeah, well, Mark they, Zuckerberg. they had to add the legs as like a post 
edit. Uh, <laughs> they did oh, a green screen. And, and, no, yeah. it was not actually not in there. Uh, you know, it's surprising that Facebook would lie to us like that. Vaporware. Yeah. It's so uh, strange. People are starting to ask questions because he has spent, I say he, like Mark Zuckerberg yeah. has done all this work by himself. Uh, Meta, as a company, has spent billions of dollars creating this metaverse and so far it looks really crappy yeah uh, yeah they are all yeah. in on it and i mean i don't know anyone that's like have you been to the metaverse it's i know one it's person. rad and they're like excited about it uh they said it was really weird to begin with but then when they got used to it it was kind of cool they didn't re okay. he said he didn't realize that all the the players or whatever that he, you know, the people i guess mm -hmm. is a better way to put it that he was interacting with he thought they were like npcs Oh, and they were real. And they were like real people. Oh, well. Hmm. And then he said, once I realized that, it kind of got a little cooler. He's like, after I killed the third one, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, these yeah. are real people. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> SWAT team's knocking on the door. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, once we get to Ready Player One kind of level, yeah. uh, then, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. Go to the Oasis. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Midnight at the Oasis. Yeah, I don't know. It, is the metaverse, is it open where like anybody can sign up for an account and jump in? I don't know how to get there. Uh, dude, I don't even have a Facebook account, bro. Because <laughs> we, like, I, I have an Oculus headset, uh, Oculus. Two, I think, is what. Is there I like a line out on that where we could we could do an episode where where you go in and we yeah. just kind of see what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, let's do yeah, that. Fun. All right, we we'll get the production team involved in this, and we're gonna make this happen next week. <laughs> next week, going. we're going to the metaverse. Yeah. The metaverse. What the hell do we even need with this stupid place? For? Yeah, hey, we'll figure out uh, where it is. Like, you know, we're at the convenience store at Maine and whatever in downtown metaverse, and you <laughs> can come watch uh, watch Don and interact. We could be, we can be the yeah. first podcast to get banned from the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no! How did he offend so many people without? Legs and a torso. <laughs> well, you know, it's not easy, Don, but... Uh, I would kick the crap out of you if I could. That's why you watch Technado, to see things exactly like that. By the way, um, what we were talking about before was Microsoft Mesh. Uh, it was their AR slash VR collaboration platform. Uh, and that just came out uh, March of last year, so... No, the, what I'm thinking of came out back in, like, 2015, 2016. Oh, okay. See, I'm talking about something that, that uh, this was debuted at... I think it might have been Ignite, the virtual conference that they had in 2021. Um, and it was a collaboration tool where it's kind of people physically standing around a table able to kind of look at a 3D model of a you know a building they were building and, and make mm -hmm. changes and zoom things in, but all kind of uh, through AR. Because I agree with Don, AR. Maybe the one I'm thinking of is more, more like a giant tablet. Oh, they used to have the – it was called the Surface. Oh, and before they made the Surface, Surface. as a laptop, because we had one in my old company, because Did you we, really? we were uh, we developed content for it, for, um, because we had a contract with Microsoft to yeah. develop some stuff that they showed off. And I mean, yeah, it was uh, you know multi-touch yes. device, but it, it was actually uh, actually pretty it, cool, right? But when it booted up, it it's it was Vista. Oh, it really? Was, uh, yeah. So we're like, let's take the best. And I think you have to share the story of what happened to it. It was sat on um, <laughs> and cracked. Uh, by you know a regular sized human person with legs yeah. and a pelvis named um his name was rhymes, Gary rhymes with, with uh, it was not me with eater it was not me <laughs> it's so funny because the guy denied it he's like I was leaning against it but I don't think that was me we're like it yeah. was you you're the only person dumb enough to we sit we were on just it. talking about how you broke the game machine that time with uh, on the golf golden oh, tea very golden early tea. yeah like, I think it was my first week week yeah yeah we had golden tea and I I hit the uh, the track ball and just went full you know palm into of my glass. hand into the glass and. Uh, Right down the middle, just cracked that. It yep. was not uh, tempered. That's why we can't have nice things. Yeah, and Peter. we didn't for quite some time until <laughs> we got new glass. And stop, Peter, man! Check out this game. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, never mind, people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's coming out. So yeah, if you're uh, an early uh, meta adopter and want to go play around, see if you can find somebody else who is and and get in there together. You know, it's hard to decide where to look when there's two red lights on. But I'll, go, I'll, go with, I'll go with the one on the left. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Our next article comes to us uh, from Engadget.com and uh, is staying in the Microsoft world. Uh, the Surface Pro 9 comes with either a 12th gen Intel CPU or a 5G ARM chip. <laughs> now... Uh, so when when Surface first came out, we had the the regular Surface and the and the RT, which was ARM, and so we're kind of back to that where there's two versions of this, right? All right, Microsoft needs to fire a, a, most, if not all, of their product marketing department, you know, because they, they keep releasing products with really really bad names, and this one is a little worse than some of the others. I'm trying to look up the one. Remember when they Windows murder? They were they were releasing a phone eight. And they decided to call it the Windows Phone 7 Series. Uh-huh. And it was like, okay. what the heck kind of name is that? Just call it the Windows Phone. But, but 7... that was when we were on Windows 7, right? Uh, at the time, yes. So it's kind of trying to, like, we're aligning. I guess. I mean, you stick the series name yeah. on it. Just call it the stinking Windows Phone and go well, home, you know? Yeah, one, So two. this one's a little worse. When they release a Surface like this or a Surface yeah. tablet or any kind of laptop, right? I'd I'd be okay with them using the same name if it came in like an Intel and an AMD version, right? You don't have to do a different name for that. You just say right. what processor's in it. But here, one's an Intel and one's an ARM processor. Mm. And that is a very different world, right? Right. You have applications that run on the x86 platform or 64-bit uh, right. x64, but don't run on ARM. And you have things that run on ARM that don't run on, on Intel. So when somebody goes and buys one of these, they could be thinking, hey, I'm getting a full-featured laptop, but they're actually getting an ARM processor, which has some benefits, great battery life, better wireless support, all that stuff, but much more limited application library available to it. And to name them both the Surface 9, you're going to have regular people that go to the store and say, all right, here's a Surface Pro 9, here's a Surface Pro 9, one of them is two hundred dollars cheaper. I'm gonna grab that. I'll save two hundred bucks. And they walk out the door with an ARM one. Now, in the past, they at least did a little bit better by calling them the Surface Surface Pro X. Yeah. And the Surface Pro X that was the ARM one, and then the other Surface Pros were Intel. Well, now they're just calling it the Surface Pro Nine, and you've got to make sure you pay attention to what processor you're ordering. What did RT stand for back in that day? Uh. Because that, that was the real first turd. One, right? Shoot, real, yeah. Real, <laughs> as well. So that that was the original name of the arms. I don't remember yeah. what it stands for. And that that RT name is actually still in use. If you get oh, a really? if you get a ARM based Windows install, you'll see some of the execution environment in the back still has the RT name All on right, it. Don, here's what I want from Microsoft. Next Surface Pro model comes out. Oh, runtime. It's not either Intel or ARM. It's Intel and ARM. <gasps> Tell me I'm wrong. Dual we get chip? the best of both worlds. With uh, no, it's got to have a uh, a neuro chip, whatever, whatever, yeah, yeah. You know, those switches you used to have like on your TV when you want to switch to like turn on the VIC 20, or or you would like (laughs) flip a switch. (laughs) Well, I want that same switch where I can go which which chip. No, it should just be like if you're doing wireless stuff, it knows to channel through ARM because it gets you better support for that. Mm -hmm. If it's doing, yeah, like right, and you just have some logic built into the thing, booyah, you can charge two grand or five grand or whatever the hell you're going to charge. You get you a dual processor. Yeah, wouldn't be much different than like offloading to a coprocessor, right? You could right. do that. Uh, you know, I was making fun of it a second ago, totally not intending to, to hit a good point, but it reminded me of something <laughs> I should mention, which is 
while the ARM processor, it's impossible for it to perform at the same speeds as the Intel one. Yeah. Uh, it does have a feature that the Intel one doesn't, which I'm I'm feverishly trying to find the name of it. I I, I said a neural processor a second oh, ago. Yeah. That's not what it's called. It's it's something like that though. Uh, but it actually has some like uh, hardware assisted artificial intelligence that mm. it can do. Or machine learning, or oh, that's right. There's like AI in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you want to do something like a you know background replacement on a webcam, the ARM version can actually do that in hardware, which means it'll do it better than the Intel one, which does it in software on the general purpose CPU. So there's certain things that the ARM processor will be better for, and certain things that the Intel will be better for. And unfortunately, it's going to be up to the consumer to choose right, which we know they always do. Tell me I'm wrong, Don. We need we need a board with both chips. I think there would be some architectural challenges. I want to there. hear your stinking pushback, man. All I want to hear is yes, it's amazing. You, you could certainly do it. Uh, I, I've seen systems like that where they had like entire computers on a PCI card. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. And the the challenge you bump into without digging into engineering and all yeah. that is when you boot up. Your BIOS is going to expect a certain architecture, yeah. and then the kernel you launch is going to expect a certain architecture, and so that is always going to have to run on one of those processors. But then the applications themselves could be offloaded, but you'd effectively need a whole second kernel running and a network system between the two. Yeah, uh, and would so like QEMU be able to do something like that? I, well. I don't know if you'd be able to do it with hardware acceleration. Like at that point, right. it would be software, it's still and your performance software. would suck. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you look at like uh, uh, one of those blade server racks where you've got fourteen blades and they're yeah. each one's its own independent server, but it's all in one big rack, you could build something where it was all these discrete, separate systems in the background that are all just unified and displayed to you as one. I think all we got to do is dream, Don. We could. We Let's dream, and then next thing you know, it's a reality. You don't even have to dream. What you do is you Kickstarter. You're right. right? And, and, and then go, ah, oh, we didn't make it. Thanks I, for the money. I'll tell you what you need. You don't even need to come up with a chip design. You just need a really cool case, right? Oh, that's so right. So you, you go out there, you shop around, you find the coolest computer case, and then you can kickstart. Listen. And you get a billion dollars. I, I don't see how we're like, honestly, why aren't we doing this? Because <laughs> we bit. have integrity. Yeah, yeah, there's that. That's that. Uh, <laughs> Gang integrity. integrity always gets in the way. When did we get that? I know. We picked it's... it up last week at Walmart. Okay. Yeah, I thought I was vaccinated. It was before, Chinese integrity, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cost us a lot less. Speaking of Chinese integrity, I was reading, you know, we were talking about Huawei uh, the other day <laughs> yes. and how, how you can use that. I was I, I read an article today on, on CNN.com about how. Um, you know, one of the committees, I think Armed Services Committee or, or um, Defense, was was pressing the Biden administration saying, why have we not done anything about this yet? Because apparently they they made this grant for being able to remove that hardware um, off of cell towers, and no one's actually removed any of it yet. You can't buy new ones, <laughs> but it's still at these places by, you know, near bases out in the Midwest where, uh, you know, I guess there's an issue with being able to get reimbursed, and and if I do it, will I be able to get the money right away? Um, so that's the mm. problem or something. But no action has been taken in two years to actually remove what was there. It's just good you know. can't get new stuff. Yeah. So I I know the the other controversy that's cooking is that you know the the government stepped in and said if you if you are the government or if you do work for the <laughs> if government, you're me. Yeah. You're not allowed to to buy Huawei stuff, but. If you're just a regular company out there, yeah, buy it all to your heart's content. Yeah, and if and if your uh, office happens to back up to a, a military installation, well, it sucks to be us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fun. It's a it's a strange line that they've drawn in the sand. Yeah, on. it is odd. 
All right. Well, uh, let's take a look at our next article, which comes to us from Corelight.com, which is Corelight's uh, internal blog here, um, because this is their press release saying, Zeke is now a, a component of Microsoft Windows. And Zeke, I thought uh, I thought Zeke was the, the guy in Pulp Fiction, but that was Zed. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Zed. So wow. I had to look it up. What happened to Zed? Zed's dead. I heard you guys talking, and I, I said, I don't know what Zeke is. I heard Don say he's never used it. So, Daniel? What what's a Zeke? What's a Zeke? A Zeke is a farmer from a Appalachian Mountains, sure. right? Uh, no, that's not what it is. So Zeke used to be called Bro, and now it's Zeke. Um, it's called but Bro. Yeah, it was originally called oh Bro. Yeah, because it was developed by like a, a engineering student. Or it was like a play that. on Big Brother, the Orwell novel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but a really interesting technology, basically, and we and we see it a lot all around. It's really effective. Basically, what it does is it kind of works like a network tap where all the network traffic can kind of go through it or specific network traffic can be pushed through it and kind of looks at it. And you can develop all these uh, triggering events. And when an event is triggered, it will create a log based off of your specifications. And then it will be able to feed that log to other log management systems. It's like a seam. So you can create events for those things and so on and so forth. But basically its idea is to, hey, let me look at all the traffic that's going through here. And then based off of the stipulations that you've given me, I will generate X, Y, and Z logs. And they're known for being very like slim and, and streamlined and very effective. I generate a slim log. Yes. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know. You might want to have that looked at by your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely slim. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's Pen- like a Twix. Like a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, though. I'm sorry. No, that, that's basically it. It just creates these logs for you to let you know that and, these events are happening. <laughs> and if like you, computer's beside himself. <laughs> if, you, if you think about how we... You Which know, you do when you're generating logs. <laughs> that's right. You get a lot of time to think. If you think about how, how distributed our networks have become, right? You've got all these people that are doing work from home and, and all of that, that now potentially you could turn... <laughs> Anybody's this is gonna derail into the worst episode going, ever. Um, potentially, you could turn every Windows machine in your environment into a node, you know, for your yes. for your bro monitor, not bro monitoring, your Zeke monitoring. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's a neat opportunity. It also shows how Microsoft has really embraced a lot of open source technologies and other platforms to incorporate in Windows Defender. So it's just like baked into the operating system. Now, key thing to to remember here is that while this is being baked into Windows, it's actually not installed and activated by default. So you've got to choose to roll that out, you know, like with the Windows Deployment Toolkit or something like that, if you want it to be available and and operating on your systems. But as an enterprise, it's an extra step you can take. And because it's incorporated into Microsoft software, it'll be updated with Windows Update, which is another nice feature. Nice. So that'll be cool, man, to have that because it's such an industry standard tool. I mean, I've heard a lot of the, you know, more popular people out there like John Strand and mm-hmm. Rob Carson. And they talk about this thing. Like it's, yes, you should have this in your network. Got to make sure that you tune it. Right. But once you do, it's nice, right? Because it gives you all that information you're looking for to have each one of these workstations kind of like monitoring itself and letting you know, Hey, if you've set up some cool rules, you put probably push it out with GPE, right? Yeah. A group policy. And then, you're good to go. Yeah, and uh, you know, just like any system, you you obviously want to monitor it because you're going to end up with logs all over the place, and uh, you know, so you need to do a little spring cleaning every now and then, and, and make sure you you pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah. So so once you push it out, yeah, you're, you're good to go. Because you don't want those chunky logs, right? They uh-huh. get too chunky. Sure. Yeah, they got bits and pieces of all sorts of stuff you don't want in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Doing everything I can here, guys. <laughs> Hold this together. All right. Uh, 
I'm going to switch gears because I have no questions Journalistic about that. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, this next one is from ZDNet.com. It's kind of cool. It's it's a little scary, a little cool. Uh, this thermal attack can read your password from the heat your fingertips leave behind. Researchers detailed an attack technique combining thermal imaging and AI and warned that increased access to innovative technologies will be abused by cyber criminals. And this is why we can't have nice things because they figure out how to take them and, and use them against us. So what are, we're basically physically looking at the heat that your fingers have left behind on the keyboard. Yeah, and I I'm I'm calling BS on this one <laughs> on a number of levels, but uh, this is not a new type of attack. We've heard about thermal cameras being used for this type of thing for a long time. Uh, I think I, I saw it at least 10 years ago where they're talking about ATM machines. Mm-hmm. Where you walk mm-hmm. up and you punch in your pin. Somebody with a thermal camera can take a picture and and then analyze that to figure out what your pin number is, right? But this is it's the it's the AI that is saying which one was touched first based on how much heat is left behind. Right. And, you know, if you think about how quickly the heat dissipates on a keyboard, mm-hmm. this, they basically need to be able to capture a, a uh, uh, oh, shoot, what's it, not infravision. What's it called when they... Thermal? Thermal vision. Yeah. They need to, to do a thermal picture of of your keyboard right after you type the password. Which is why wouldn't they just want you to write the password? Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, and, and they, they could have seen that. And and if you <laughs> if somebody logs in, what do they do? They don't just stop typing, right? They yeah. continue yeah. to type Log in, walk away. And yeah. So it's it just so much of this is just not realistic. This is not something anybody needs to worry about. And they're just sticking the AI piece on there saying, look, the heat dissipates. If they saw your key presses before, they wouldn't necessarily know the order. Now maybe they can calculate that out, and I, I suppose that's true. Well, it makes it sound like you think this is clickbait. I, it really is. <laughs> and I, so, so maybe this is more of a proof of concept that hey, this is this is something that, that we were able to do in a lab. Is this that's realistic threat? We were able no. to breathe in a lab, right? <laughs> it's it doesn't yeah. really seem to be impressive. So there, there's a thing in the scientific community where a lot of PhD students, they they either are required or feel they have to be published in order to get their PhD. And I feel like we're starting to see that in the cybersecurity world, too, hmm. that uh, people feel like they need to push out a, a CVE or or some you know high threat or whatever. And so you start to see fringe things like this. Remember, there was the... They could listen to the noises your hard drive makes to figure yep. out your yeah. password or things. And, and these types of attacks are so incredibly difficult to pull off and require so much access that you could have already gotten the information like yeah. a thousand other ways that yeah. were easier. Just send them a fish and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like why do things the hard way? Like like a, a marine animal? Yeah, yeah a dead yes. fish. Okay, I didn't know if fish. it was like a... And they'll the just be like, I'm tool, just so. going to open up my computer to the world and sure. let them have it. Uh, so I know that the uh, <laughs> the quick set um, door locks, I, I've got one at my home that, that's physical buttons, and they say, oh, you've got to change your password periodically because if you always hit the same numbers, you're going to rub those numbers down, and it's obvious. Um, a friend of mine has the... Um, the touchscreen one, and before you put in your code, it makes you just push two random numbers. Uh, oh, like smart. it'll show you like a four and a one, and you have to push those, and they go away, and then the the number pad's there, so mm-hmm. you type your code. Because otherwise, on those, you would see the fingerprints, you know, really crystal easily. clear. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of a cool way to get around that. I wonder if there's a way to study it. Like the numbers it's suggesting are probably not the numbers in your normal combination. Oh, 
And if you could study it long enough, if you could figure yeah, it out, like, yeah. all right, these are not numbers. That narrows it down. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're down to only four left. These are the numbers. And figure out the order. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's a it's a, a cool concept, but as you said, it's probably not something we yeah. we need to worry about. But what I always do is after I've typed in a code, just I just mash a bunch of keys yeah. and make sure that I do that. Or use a, a room temperature stylus. I, I lick my keyboard. Uh, you know, that gives it a nice distribution of heat and it keeps it clean. Pretty even. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's funny. I don't know why this came <laughs> to my head, but Don, you said a, a comment a few technatives ago talking about how the Hollywood industry, the sound men that work at the sound oh, people, they the engineers, fired. that they're just Satan <laughs> incarnate because, mm-hmm. you know, when people are talking, it's whisper quiet. And then all of a sudden it's like an, uh, you know, yeah. a, a erupting scene and everything's super loud. I was like, I wonder if I could build an Arduino with an audio sensor. That would also have an IR that you could train to like if dBs go higher than this, then turn the sound down like by yeah. Isn't that just a compressor? Not not a compressor. No, this would actually reduce the volume and not cap the volume. I so see. compressors cap frequencies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they had a technology like that in some TVs. Remember how advertisements used to be way yeah. louder yes. than your show? And so there were some TVs that were marketed as having that where they could bring the volume of the advertisements down. I uh, need that for my movies. Just for everything. Yeah, TV. Now, similar problem with video these days. Uh, my wife was watching, uh, it's not The Lord of the Rings. What's the miniseries on Amazon? Yeah. Um, Rings of Power. Rings of Power. Power? Yeah. I, yeah. I haven't like that. watched it. Yeah. Um, but I, I it's walked not into canon, the room. So screw it. <laughs> so I walked to the room. She's watching it. Now, I had to ask her what it was because the screen was completely black. And you could hear some people Are talking. Are you sure you're watching? And, <laughs> yeah. and there's a torch in the background at one point, so I can see a little glow of light, but the screen's completely black. And it went on for like a minute. You could see nothing. And I said, is, is something wrong with the TV? And she's like, no, no, it's just really dark here. It's directed and, by the guy from Game of Thrones. And <laughs> Yeah. And so, like, audio is really bad right now. Video is going down the gutter, too. Oh, and Lee. so before long, like, you don't even need to turn your TV on. Yeah. You just pretend you're watching. Yeah. You just, oh, if I, if, I, if I was there, it'd look like this. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's horrible. All right, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick break, step aside. Now's the time to produce a log if you need to (laughs) um, or anything else uh, that you're working on. And uh, we'll be right back with a couple more articles here on TechNATO. Welcome to IT Pro TV, an e-learning company with thousands of hours of engaging video training for IT professionals with fresh content added daily. What makes IT Pro TV stand out? It all starts with our edutainers who create better than classroom experiences for training you look forward to watching. So an edutainer is someone who takes a topic, an, an educational topic, and makes it more fun, enjoyable. My vision for ITPro TV was to make the product that I wish I had when I got started. The dashboard is great because you can actually pick up right where you left off. You can also end up seeing new courses that are available to you, and with a membership you have access to a variety of study tools. Follow along with virtual labs and test your skills with practice tests. And unlike traditional training, you aren't handcuffed to your desk. Sure, you can watch from there or from your couch with Apple TV and Roku apps or from anywhere with mobile apps. The training is even available for download. If you're ready to watch and learn with the IT pros, check out the flexible membership choices online today at www.itpro.tv. Do you know what's better than being an IT Pro TV member? being a member for free. Hi, I'm Don Pazette, co-founder and edutainer here at IT Pro TV. Once you sign up for an IT Pro TV personal membership subscription, you'll automatically be part of our referral program. 
Then all you have to do is share your personal referral link and code with your friends and colleagues. Every time one signs up, you get money off your subscription. Sign up enough and your membership is free. That's right, access to all your favorite IT training, totally free. Kind of feels like stealing, doesn't it? Check out the link below to learn how to get your code and start sharing today. All right, welcome back to Technado. And as promised, we've got a, a couple of fun ones to get to. Uh, Going to look at something that's a little little weird and something that's a, a little conspiracy theory-ish. So uh, this first segment is actually our That Makes No Sense segment. What you talking about, Willis? All right, this one comes to us from ArsTechnica.com. All DisplayPort 2.0 products are now DisplayPort 2.1, uh, Vesa says. Is Vesa the same as that makes like the Vesa standard for the back of monitors? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're the ones responsible apparently for the DisplayPort uh, certification, would you say? Ver uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The Standard specification. Specification. Yeah. Thank you. And so this one, this one is weird. And and what made no sense to me, and I'll see if it's the same thing that made no sense to you, is that they just basically certified all the 2.0 stuff. But moving forward, things need to pass, you know, a series of requirements. So how do I then know if mine passed requirements or was just <laughs> part of the batch that just got the got the grandfathered in there? So the short answer is you don't. And, okay. and that's the awesomeness that we're in right now, where uh, the USB-C connector that we find on most computers these days is like the world's most confusing port, because there's so many different standards that function on it between Thunderbolt 3 and 4, uh, USB 3, 3.1, 3.2, 4, uh, DisplayPort 2.0, 2.1, like all these different standards. And so when you look at that USB-C port on your computer, you just don't know it what it's going to support. It can be DisplayPort, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, most of them are. So, um, so when you when you look at that port, you just don't know what it's capable of anymore. Yeah. And then to have the standard themselves go and do something wacky like this. So the problem here is a quote that they released that was really somewhat misleading. And let me see if I can find that quote, and I'll read it to you guys so you can hear how confusing it is. Uh, where they they mentioned that basically the the products up to that point that had been worked on as, as DisplayPort 2.0 are now considered 2.1. And they they said it in a way that made it sound like everything was already certified that way and that it would all be there. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm not seeing that quote, but anyhow, they, they did release a quote from their actual you know staff saying this. And so that's led to a lot of confusion. They've had to come back out and clarify. And what they said was, look, DisplayPort 2.0 is pretty new. It, you know, it just was announced last year. And so 2.1... They knew they were going to release it. They knew they were going to change some things. And so they reached out to everybody who was manufacturing 2.0 stuff. And they said, look, we're about to change the standard. So why don't you retool? And you can't sell it as 2.1 yet because it's not finalized. But if you build it with these specifications, when we do announce 2.1, you'll already be there. And now your devices and cables and whatever can be relabeled. And so that's what they did. And so it's led to where anything manufactured from here on is going to be DisplayPort 2.1. Uh, they don't certify 2.0 anymore, so everything new is 2.1. And some of the old stuff is 2.1, and some of the old stuff is 2.0, and you can't functionally tell the difference just by looking at it. You would have to try and use some of the advanced functionality to see what 
you know, whether it worked or not to determine it. So they've really just added to that confusion. So we're playing the DisplayPort roulette is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have existing cables, yep. I feel like it's going to the grocery store and them saying, oh, on the beef, uh, we changed the expiration date. We moved them all forward to this week so we can sell them this week. Some of these are new meat yeah. as well. Uh, but We kind of mixed them in. Yeah, it's it's up to you to find. Yeah, I mean, you'll one. find it. Yeah, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know, right? You are doubled over the porcelain bowl. Well, it is time. Hey, you will yeah. know that now, you found it. Fortunately for most people, the feature changes, the stuff they introduced in, in DisplayPort 2.1, yeah. most of us really won't notice. It, it's when you've got a cable that's pushing DisplayPort video and coexisting with doing things like Thunderbolt transmissions, you know, trying to, to maximize coexistence, that's where its new features really excel. So if you're not somebody who does that, if you have a monitor plugged into one port and your storage plugged into a second port and so on, you probably won't notice whether you're on 2.0 or 2.1, and it won't matter. I've heard that one of the telltale signs that you're still on 2.0 is that it gives you the runs. <laughs> <laughs> it's documented. Yeah. Uh, that, like bad beef. That standard <laughs> was, a theme in this episode. Uh, yeah. That standard was sponsored by Hardee's. <laughs> and this new one uh, is different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But if you have something like a USB-C docking station, that's a different story. That's the the poster child case of coexistence. And so, you know, that's where you'll notice, boy, I really wish I had that 2.1 cable to be able to get this to work a little bit better. So unfortunately, it's confusing. And if you got an existing cable, it is incredibly difficult to figure it out. But basically, they said, going forward, everything's 2.1. They're not going to certify 2.0 anymore. But a lot of the 2.0 stuff is actually built to the 2.1 standard. So... There's your daily dose of confusion in the world of cables. Thanks, Faisa. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. They, they keep making these steps to try and clarify, like the new labels they <laughs> put on the cable. It just adds to the confusion. It does, yeah. <laughs> so uh, if I if I want to get a, a, a cable that's 40 gigabit capable or 80 gigabit capable, well, it's got the 40 or 80 sticker on it, and that's right. nice, right? But then these other features, they don't have stickers for them, and even if they did, you'd have like 50 stickers running down your <laughs> right. cable. More than the, yeah, the cable can't be <laughs> have a purple cable one foot. It's got to be longer. We need more room for stickers. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, one thing they did give us to test with is if you have a DisplayPort 2.0 cable, and it says that it supports ultra-high bitrate, or UHBR. If it says it supports that, then it's actually built to the 2.1 standard. Hmm. But that's assuming you still have the documentation for your cable, right? Which is the first thing I throw It's in my drawer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Under C for cable. That's where I keep it. All right. Remember the That Makes No Sense segment brought to you by ColoGuard. Uh, poop in a box. Send it to us. But make sure it's the ColoGuard box. Uh, and not, not just, just a neighbor's Amazon package. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to reuse those. That's a quick reminder. Uh, fun that. story. I used to know this guy was a uh, <laughs> not probably not a he fun was story. A, he, yeah. It is. He was a corpsman in the Navy. You know, so he was basically like a medic mm-hmm. or a nurse or something. And when he got out of the Navy, he went into healthcare and he became a nurse. And he said that he had to get a stool sample from somebody. You know, they give you a little plastic cup. It's got a Q-tip in it and everything. He gives it to him. and Said we need a stool mm-hmm. sample. He, said, he comes out. And he hands it to me because it must have weighed 10 pounds. He goes, you can tell where he shoved the top oh, off. Nice. I, he goes, I get it. And I go, where's the Q-tip? He goes, it's in there. <laughs> I ate it. <laughs> Is that not the way? I'm like, that. He's like, I, I stopped being a nurse not shortly. Yeah, yeah that's a dedication to health science <laughs> yeah, right it there. Is. Yeah. I want to make sure you get a good sample. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, our last and final segment is one of the ones we tend to have the most fun with on this show. Uh, it's rare that it comes around, but we've got one today. It is tinfoil hat time. 
McCartney's been dead since 1966. Dogs can't see color. 5G causes syphilis. Do you understand that? Alex Jones there, the $1 billion man now. All right, uh, this one is from theregister.com. How Wi-Fi spy drones snooped on a financial firm. And this one's cool because this is not a, you know, hey, this could happen, or someone saying, hey, I was spied on and there's no proof. This is a, a company that found a couple of drones with some pretty high-end gear on their rooftop. Yeah. Uh, you know, it makes me think of that Kurt Cobain quote, which I don't know if he came up with it or if he just put it in a song, but where he said, uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Yeah. So this is one of those cases where somebody noticed something a little bit weird, right? Some some activity on their network. They noticed an employee's MAC address was showing up on their Wi-Fi network as being in the building when they knew that employee was working remotely. And so that... Now, that could that be them remoting in or something? Mac addresses are that, Mac that's addresses. layer two, so that stays okay, yeah. local. It doesn't right. go through routers. Yeah. So, uh, so in this scenario, like that, that was a red flag. Now, that that tells you that this company does something sensitive because very few people actually monitor layer the, two. Yeah, yeah, and, and know the Mac address of every employee's devices and track when it's active and not active. And so, so whatever this company does, which I, I don't know, uh, they said it was like it's a finance. financial, yeah. but but that's all they said, right? Yeah. A financial firm focused on private investment on the U.S. East Coast. So they, they're like not Merrill disclosing who the company right? is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, so JG Wentworth. <laughs> so they <laughs> would be a good target, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a structured settlement? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need cash now. I do. We have drones. <laughs> yeah, we get that cash. We're getting that cash now. So <laughs> fly in and take your money. <laughs> I could see somebody wanting to get into their network then if they if yeah. they've got access to things like that. Obviously, they got power of attorney on file for people oh, yeah. if they're doing structured settlements and all that mess. Uh, I would assume. Yeah, so we'll just say JG. Yeah, Wentworth from now on, it is JG. <laughs> we crack the code. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we put all the pieces together. Yeah. Now we know. It who all it checks is. out. They've got a building with a yeah. roof. <laughs> So they then went on a, a hunt to find out where this device was, right? So the MAC address is showing up. That means the device is physically on their network. They got to find it, right? I, I say physically, it's a wireless network, but that means that it is in the wireless range. Yeah. So they they whipped out a uh, a fluke uh, Wi-Fi tester, which I've forgotten the name of those things. It's a DJI yeah, Matrix Six Hundred. No, 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 no. That's the the drone. The fluke. It was the fluke the AirCheck Wi-Fi. There we go. Tester, AirCheck. There we go. Uh, which doesn't even have a price on their website. It says request a quote. They're about three thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So not, you know that off the top of your head, do you? Yeah, because I wanted to buy one last year. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> We were doing the 12 days of IT. Remember yeah. Ronnie did the thing where he had a fluke oh, yeah, he had like fiber stuff. tester? Yeah. yeah, Fluke provided that. They're doing that again this year. They're providing Are they really? Are they? I hope it's the Fluke uh, air check. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not cheap. Highly. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't even, want to go on the roof. I yeah. Check. We, Ronnie asked him at one point if we could like you know, just get, get equipment just to, to, to use to film something and send them back to yeah. them. Like, we don't need to keep it. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, well, no, we just send them as samples and that's that. And yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, so it's it's... A three thousand dollar device—that's not something your average Joe is going to have laying around again. So this is obviously a company that's prepared for attacks, and so they used it to track where this signal was coming from. They tracked it to their roof, and when they went up to the roof, 
they found two drones sitting on their roof, not not flying, you know, right. like yeah, they one landed. One was actually damaged, so it like crash landed. Ah. Uh, but the the other one was fully functional, and they were basically sitting there on the roof. I'll tell you why it crash landed. It was loaded with equipment. It really was. It, it, do you have the list? Uh, yeah, it's right here. It says uh, it, it was the DJI uh, Matrix 600 drone. Uh, it was carrying a case that contained a Raspi, several batteries. A GPD mini laptop, a 4G modem, and another Wi-Fi device. Now, when I saw all of that, like it's carrying quite a bit of equipment. Mm. Drones, all the drones I've ever used, totally sucked, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, we're talking Walmart level drones. Yeah. But for one to carry this much weight, that that tells it's a you this robust is piece of a gear. Yeah. It yeah. is. And, and Peter, didn't you look up? Yeah, the price? I looked it up. I mean, it was anywhere from like three to six thousand, depending oh on the configuration. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, this is not a a consumer level. This is like, hey, I you know I have a business where I yeah, record. I steal with Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. so I have were... a structured settlement, <laughs> and I need cash now. <laughs> JG owes me my money. Damn it! <laughs> kick his old ass, or yeah. I'll just steal using Wi-Fi. It was one of the two. So there were there were two drones. And the the first one uh, just carried a Wi-Fi pineapple, right? Which you can buy at Hack Five. It uh, you know it allows you to uh, create. Uh, like, oh shoot, what are they called? Like the evil twin. Is that a evil twin. There we go. Right. Okay, you yeah. can create an evil twin. So it's a like a. It, it's a rogue AP that has the same name and like SSID and stuff. All the so someone connected to that, and that's how they got the first foothold. Right, and that drone that that cost like two to three thousand dollars. Yeah. And so they flew one of those in there with a Wi-Fi pineapple, which pineapple is like two hundred bucks, I think. That's not so bad. But we're talking um, about ten thousand dollars in equipment at least when between well, all this stuff. So more because once that first drone collected some credentials, you know, some user credentials from authentication, they then had to retrieve the data off it because it didn't have a modem, so they had to fly that one back. Mm. So it, it made more than one trip. And then they hard coded those credentials into the other drone. Now the other drone, the matrix, that's like a ten to fifteen thousand dollar drone. Poof. Those are really expensive, and they have to be to be able to carry that that, that much load, weight, right? Yeah. So the the six hundred is an older one. If you look now, I think it's the forty and eighty or sixty okay. and eighty. And you know, um, not only that, did it, t- did it say that it would have yeah several batteries? Like the batteries, yeah, alone, that's weight. Yeah, that yeah, is super yep. heavy because they need this up there running long enough right. to. To, to do, do whatever. whatever it needs to do, yeah. but it doesn't need to run continually, right? Because once they they get in, then the first step is to create some sort on what of outside, happens, yeah. right? So once the second drone comes in, then it goes into the stuff Daniel always talks about, right? They got to gain a foothold. They got to mm-hmm. try and compromise the system. Now, if it's a really secure network, they might be trying to exfiltrate data through the drone. The drone did have a modem on it. And so, yep. in which case, it would need to stay there and never come back, right? And then, you know, it's got the batteries and so right. on. Yeah. But if it's not a truly secure network, if they could get a foothold and then a connection out to exfiltrate data, then, yeah, the drone's not needed anymore. They could retrieve it. But in this case, that second drone crash-landed, and so it was no longer capable of flight. So it was stuck on the roof. But it was operational, and it was delivering its payload. Their network was under attack. And it deployed its solar panels. And, <laughs> like, that'd be great. Like a satellite yeah. folds out. Man, this is a fairly sophisticated attack Very, gentlemen yeah. like this is crazy that someone would spend this much time and investment of like uh money and yeah. um just i mean, the, obviously the juice had to be worth the squeeze like they were they were really bilking old jg for all you had uh i would assume for them to spend this much money and time and yeah. effort into getting yeah. this done now 
I put this in the tinfoil hat side because, you know, it's like a conspiracy theory. People are after us. Yeah. Well, in this case, somebody actually is after See, there's them. There's no so doubt. It, it yeah. pays to be paranoid. But, you know, I, I called out the uh, uh, thermal fingerprint this password crap. just a few minutes ago, right? But this one, this one seems practical. And I was wondering, I wanted to ask you, Daniel, like, what do you think? Would it, would it be worthwhile for us to try and build something like this? Maybe just the first stage of the attack, right? Like, okay. do you think you could get a Wi-Fi pineapple geared up on a drone to be able to fly near, like, like, a, uh, yeah. like even this building, yeah. uh, and try and pull off an attack? Do you think you could do that? I think I could do that. I think I could do that. Let me ask you, why, why would you do that, and why would you not just drive a van to the parking lot? Uh, proximity, but right. So if you so can, you're that much, is it so that if, if you've got like, I would thing? assume that so that 4G signal was mm-hmm. for control, right? Okay. So they could somehow control the device without being near it, mm-hmm. right? Because you you don't want to be within radius of the thing, and they start finding out that yeah, you're there's no fingerprint there, on it. They yeah. can start. They can go to traffic cams and all this stuff. Oh, that yeah. would, right. Okay. Try to pick up who it was. I want to control this thing from across town. So if you got a cell network that you can connect it to and control it that way or maybe gps or something like that that it just follows the gps trail and goes where you want it to go Mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to be anywhere near the dang thing now i wonder if that would be in the device if the drone has a memory of its gps you can Uh, program a flight path into yeah but i'm saying i'm saying could could this company now say we have your drone yeah we can look back at at its path now granted it could have been from the top of a parking garage yeah you know a block away well I mean, you can be certain that this organization, JG Wentworth, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, they, that they absolutely involved the authorities. Yeah. And so any information that could have been scraped out of those drones, yeah. I'm sure was. You know what yeah. be ironic is if they have to actually discover the attackers and sue them, <laughs> they get a structured cell. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> yeah, like, we can help ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they're like, there's no way we would use ourselves. It's a ripoff. Yeah. We're going to lose like 30% if we yeah. do that. Well, th- this this is a crazy one. I mean, do you, when, when we talk about the level of sophistication and the uh, the amount of money spent on it, uh, do we think like nation state? I mean, is that kind of where your, your mind goes? I mean, it's possible. And we know that North Korea basically funds their entire country based off of stealing from yeah. banks. Yeah. Um, it, they, it could be. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. But there is, I mean, you know, we watch movies like The Godfather and stuff, yeah. and we think that the mafia doesn't exist today and all that. But there are they criminal organizations that, yeah, like the mafia is highly into. Yeah, they're funding uh, cybercrime. This, this yeah. podcast, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by La Cosa Nostra. Yeah, <laughs> your friendly neighborhood yeah. mafia. Do you need your kneecaps? Nineteen oh four. Interesting. Well, this one's yeah. cool. I mean, I don't know that that we'll find out more about this because this wasn't put out by the company of, hey, we want to let you know there was a thing. This was, you know, somebody talked to uh, someone that worked there and released some information, but it's all very hush-hush. We don't know. It could be, yeah. you know, Stanley Steamer. Or yeah, it could, it be could just JG be Wentworth. whatever J.G. Yeah. Wentworth's competition is. And <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they obviously don't have a catchy yeah, one of the other Wentworth brothers. Yeah. Maybe they would spend less time building, you know, drones with Wi-Fi capabilities and more time on catchy jingles. Mm-hmm. Then they, would well, they wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. yeah, but this is cool and 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 shows, you know, that 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 consumer hardware and the things that you can buy. I mean, everything on here was something you could buy yeah. over the counter uh, on Amazon. Uh, yeah, yeah, on Amazon, and uh, and you could build this, like we said. So, um, yeah, interesting story and and. Maybe a a vision of things to come for 
the way that, that attacks take place, but, but pretty cool. All right, want to let you know about uh, a webinar coming up. We have Mr. Daniel Lowry today on uh, Thursday, October 20th. You better run to the studio. Uh, doing all things cybersecurity, a conversation with Tim Medine, and uh, he is from Red Siege. Red correct? Siege, yeah. Uh, was he out at Wild West? He was not there. What? Um, he had previous engagements that I think he was in Southeast Asia or something. John mm -hmm. Strand made a joke like, I should just give everybody here his phone number, and then you call him and harass him. It could be him. like, you went to the wrong side of the state. He went to the wrong side of the world right. accidentally. Right. He's like, oh, this is too far. It happens. We're not so, going to run know, a guy car. with his skills and uh, reputation, he's in demand. So Yeah. Yeah. But he had a drone there. He was yeah, yeah. He was watching. Hi everybody. They did those drone formations and it made his face. And he was like, "Hi everybody." <laughs> it was a deep fake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, but that is taking place today, Thursday, October twentieth, two p.m. Eastern time. Head over to itpro.tv/webinars. You can register for it. Uh, even if you uh, are watching this after the fact, that's fine. The whole thing will be uh, recorded, and you can check out the archive. Should be up uh, in just a day or two after uh, October twentieth. Uh, again, that'll be at itpro.tv/web. Webinars. And then uh, while you're on that internet, head over to technado.com. Uh, you can see the late technado as well. Daniel seemed disappointed uh, with my. I do prefer technado. Yeah, it's a better it's a better URL. It is. Uh, you can see uh, all the latest episodes. You can uh, send in your feedback. Uh, like I said, we've got some feedback recently that people are liking the little longer episodes. So uh, we will keep doing that until the the shorter episode people um, start <laughs> They'll raise their chiming hand in. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, but uh, you can also click the big orange button that says sponsored by IT Pro TV uh, to get 30% off of your personal membership. You can also fill out the form on that page to request a team trial uh, and a demo and find out all the great features available to teams from IT Pro TV. All right, Microsoft guys. Microsoft Teams? Yes, yeah, it, which takes place in uh, yeah, Meta. Meta. So there you go. It all comes around. How are, full not, how are we not in Meta yet? I gotta break out the headset and try it. Yeah, yeah. It's just sitting in my closet. No, I mean, how is IT Pro TV? Like, how can you not go into a a virtual movie theater, sit down, and and watch your That's you true. know SISA Plus content? I know I would. That's where I would be. Well, I I'm gonna go back to my multitasking argument. Yeah. I think a lot of people like to watch training while while they do other things. Well, you Warcraft. walk into your virtual <laughs> you walk into your virtual movie theater and you look, oh wait, that's George Michael and that's that's Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. in the wrong theater. <laughs> in the danger zone. Yeah, this is this is not my normal CISSP. Yeah, where did this trench game come from? CISSP E E. Yeah. Um jeez. All right. Anything we yeah. need to edit out there? No, I think we need to go out on that joke. Half yeah. the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Yeah, tip your waiters, everybody, and we will see you next week right here on Technative.